0: Press FM. Supported by City of Portsmouth College, we are passionately Pompey.
1: It is a new era at Fratton Park. There's a new man down there in the dugout. What a goal!
2: your unadulterated Pompey. Absolutely thrilled to be here. You know, everything that I was expecting coming into the city and coming into the football club has been matched in more action and reaction. I think you probably saw on the pitch that there was a lot that we'd worked on in a short space of time. I think it's really good, positive signs for the future. Certainly really excited to be playing under him and excited for what we can achieve this season. Now, Giving Pompey fans a voice.
3: It's been immensely frustrating to still be in League One after six years. This
0: is the Football
4: Hour. Fans' interest in this division peaked a lot. Long time ago and it's stagnating. We've got to get out of this division and into the championship. The honeymoon period is over for John Musino. There is
1: the whistle from Bobby Madley. John Musino tastes the beat as Portsmouth manager
4: for the first time. A 2-1 defeat, albeit in controversial fashion in the end to Peterborough on Saturday, brought to an abrupt end for new head coach's 100% record in the dugout. We'll be hearing from a John Musino tonight, who takes ownership for his team set up in the first half, however, wants to also look at the positives from the second, commending the fight shown in the latter stages. There's plenty of positives to come from the game,
2: and thankfully we've got a free week now to, to work on quite a bit and go into the Barnsley game full of energy.
4: So a loss for the men, but in another victory for the women who secured a 2-1 win away at Bridgewater United yesterday. Jay Sadler features with his post-match comments
5: before seven. Ultimately, we found a way to win the game. It wasn't pretty, wasn't our best performance, but it was a performance of character, fight, and it ultimately earned us three points. And
4: as always, Blues fans, this is the platform to you to have your say as well. Were you disappointed with Pompey's display in the first half at London Road on Saturday? Who would you like to see through the door before tomorrow's transfer deadline? And what have you made of life under John Musino so far? 81400 is the number you need to text tonight. Start your messages with the word express. You can email sport at expressfm.com. Use at expressfm if you're on Twitter. Or head over to facebook.com forward slash Pompey Live. A very good evening and welcome to yet another edition
0: of the Football Hour. This is the Football Hour 93.7 Express FM.
4: A very good evening, and welcome along to the football hour here on ninety-three point seven Express FM. Driven to you as always by Stagecoach across the South, getting you from A to B with a minimum of fuss across the South Coast and through Hampshire as well visit stagecoachbus.com to find out even more information on the services they can provide in your area so as I mentioned plenty to get through tonight between now and seven o'clock a full debrief of Pompey's 2-1 defeat to the posh at the weekend at London Road a game which saw plenty of controversy towards the latter stages of it and myself my two guests will be talking all about that as well as much more across the course of this evening show we'd love for you to have your say as well Pompey fans all the usual ways to get in touch please do so over the next 54 and a half minutes before we do leave you for the Soft Rock Show at 7 o'clock. So, without any further ado, let's get straight into it. A reminder of how Pompey were defeated by two goals to one on Saturday at Peterborough.
0: Everything we do is passionately Pompey. A wonderful goal! Every second of the action is right here. Jordan scores! 90 minutes of passionately Pompey commentary. He
1: scores! This is... You want to believe it! Pompey Live. Both sides in their huddle. Portsmouth all in black with gold sleeves going from left to right as we look at things from our position in the main stand. Peterborough in traditional colours. They will go from right to left. Now there's a chance for a cross to come in for Peter on the right. They break into the box. Shot on goal! It's going to be... Johnson Clark-Harris on the left-hand side and trying to squiff away from Raggett. Swanson works into trouble there. Does he commit a foul? He does. And it's a penalty kick for Peterborough. How Pompey could do with some heroics from their goalkeeper here. Clark-Harris strikes it. goal. Firmly struck into the bottom corner. Macy goes the right way, but he had no chance. It's a good penalty. It's a long way back from here for Portsmouth. Peterborough United 2, Portsmouth 0. That is the end of the first half here at London Road. And it is the home side, Peterborough United, who are ahead by two goals to nil. And now Poppher are in real trouble because Mason Clark's away and there's only Louis Thompson to beat. Thompson, can he stand him up? It's a great chance for three for Peterborough. And Macy saves. Bishop's got a chance and Bishop can't get the shot away. Still there. towards the penalty area it's fallen loose and Hackett can he get the shot away good from Hackett and the ball is into the back of the net and Portsmouth have pulled one back I think it's going to go down as an own goal
0: Uh, yeah it's off Thompson
1: but Portsmouth have halved the deficit and have got just over three minutes left now to try and see if they can find a way to get level. leveller I don't think this one's going to be disallowed but you don't want to speak too soon Peterborough 2, Portsmouth 1. There is the whistle from Bobby Madley. John Messino tastes the beat as Portsmouth manager for the first time in what was a fraught second half. Poppy really came back into it in the last 15 minutes, but they couldn't find themselves a way to get themselves a point. It's finished. Peterborough 2, Portsmouth 1.
0: Every second of the action is right here. Pompey Live on Express FM with Aqua Cars.
4: There we are there. That is how Pompey were defeated by two goals to one away at Peterborough United on Saturday afternoon. Let's look at some of the other results from across the division at the weekend. Then uh, all games on Saturday. Uh, Charlton Athletic were defeated by two goals to one by Bolton Wanderers at the Valley in the early kickoff. Burton Albion were 2-0 winners over Oxford United. Charlton Town and Port Vale played out a 0-0 draw. As did Lincoln City and Cambridge United. MK Don's nil, Exeter City two, Morecambe five, Bristol Rovers one and that is actually the second time Morecambe have scored five goals in a match in the last four games so hats off to Morecambe who are doing very well in their bid to survive in League One this season will come onto the table in just a second the final result of course Shrewsbury 2 Forest Green Rovers 1 late late drama there at New Meadow with Forest Green Rovers under new head coach Duncan Ferguson having taken the lead um, conceded in the 94th and the 98th minute absolute carnage uh, and Limbs at New Meadow Shrewsbury Roosbury Town turning that one to win by two goals to one. And, of course, at London Road, Peterborough two, Pompey one. Those results leave the table looking like this. I'm getting bored of saying this, by the way. Plymouth Argyle and Sheffield Wednesday are the top two. Both teams still unbeaten in their last X-Mana games. A lot. Plymouth Argyle unbeaten in eight. Uh, Ipswich Town in third. Derby fourth. Bolton fifth. And Barnsley down in sixth. Peterborough United now climb up to seventh and just two points behind But playoff places. Pompey have dropped down one place from tenth down to eleventh uh, on 37 points and in the bottom four has actually changed a little bit since last time out. Forest Green Rovers remain rock bottom on 21 points uh, losing their last three in a row. Cambridge United, Burton Albion and now Atkinson Stanley make up the remainder of the bottom four. More can climb up to 19th and there are only two points separate Operating in Walkham in 19th and Cambridge United down in 23rd. So, plenty to play for in in terms of maybe not quite promotion, with the top two seemingly running away with it right now, but certainly at the bottom of League One this season. Okay, joining me between now and seven to talk about all things Pompey and League One, delighted to say once again, Mr. Alex Fletcher. Alex, welcome. Hi, Jake. Thank you very much. Uh, Defeat to Pompey uh, on Saturday, then, Alex. And we'll come on to the the goals to to start with. uh, The first one, uh, Johnson-Clark-Harris. Was that a case of a a very good striker in this division showing his strengths, his ability to time his run well, peel off a defender at the the precise time he was supposed to uh, and really get that kind of poached finish? Or do you think that's more down to maybe a bit of lacklustre defending on Pompey's part?
3: I think it's a bit of both. I think if, you, if you're Clark Harris or you're a striker, you're never, ever going to accept someone saying the only reason you've scored that goal was because of a defensive mistake. You're going to you want to claim it for yourself and say it was your effort, your endeavour and your uh, know-how that got you that goal. But there should be at least an attempt to defend it. It should be stronger at the back. We've got to be able to keep an eye on you know, Going into that game, you know he's a threat. He's been a threat at this level for, for, for a serious amount of time mm-hmm. now. And for, within the first, what, it was 20 minutes or so, To leave him free in the box like that, to have a tap in, it it is poor defending, and I think it does highlight where we do need to strengthen if we uh, are going to strengthen at all in the remainder of this transfer window.
4: Uh, Brendan Tutteot from the 4-0 written all over it vlog joins us as well. Brendan, a very good evening to yourself. Brendan, maybe not. I'm not sure if Brendan can hear us. He is in there. He's in oh, the- sorry, Jake. Uh, sorry, Jake. I am here,
6: mate. My apologies. That's I'm right. my microphone while well, the bit was going on earlier. Uh,
4: you, you had me panicked there. You had me panicked for a while, Brendan. <laughs> How are you? Good to have you. I'm, I'm good, yeah. <laughs> Thank you for
6: having me back on the show. Brilliant.
4: No, no problem at all. Um, Brendan, uh, Alex just mentioned there um, Pompey's strength at the moment, the, the numbers but maybe John Busino needs to bring in before the transfer deadline. Well, I'm afraid to say it, the transfer deadline is just over. 24 hours away and it's been well over a week since the Blues last signing Matt Macy um, just over 10 days ago before the Exeter City match Brendan are are you concerned now considering how close we are to the deadline and maybe the amount of faces but many a billing Pompey to need in order to try and compete for a playoff position.
6: Yeah, it is a bit concerning. You know, it's sort of shown a bit earlier on in the window. Obviously, when we sacked Danny Cowley, before, you know, literally as the, as the window opened, and we didn't get a manager in for like another week and a half, or if, if not nearly two weeks, wasn't it? It was quite a while. And, um, you know, it just seems like there was no sort of plan in place. Obviously, we signed Towler, who had been um, sort of highlighted to uh, to Richard Hughes before, obviously, Cowley obviously lost his job. Mm-hmm. And it just seems like, other than Macy because we needed a keeper like ASAP because obviously Griffiths got, got recalled we it does seem a bit like laxadaisical in like in the uh <clears throat> the recruitment front you know w- w- that we still have spots to fill you know we've still got is it th- three more spaces we've got to fill in in, in our squad to yeah. get us up to 23 yeah because we've we yeah. got that's it 25 yeah we've got players who are under the age of 21 mm-hmm. so you know, there's there's three three or four spots to fill, and you know we're we gonna we fill them all in the last twenty four hours. <laughs> uh, it's gonna be it's not likely. It's it's a, such a shame that it it seems to be a bit. You know, we've sort of not known our our head from our tail because the whole managerial stuff, and obviously we knew Richard Hughes was here, but is <laughs> who's it, gonna implement it? You know, yeah. it's, it's a bit concerning. Uh, given Pompey's record.
4: On January transfer windows, Alex was not real joy to be followed up from that, as there's no real experience we can look at it and go, "Oh, well, we're pretty good on on deadline day in January," because we're not. <laughs> to put it bluntly, our record has been yeah. pretty poor.
3: It has been. Um, the only thing I think that is slightly different this time around is that we've had a quick managerial change, so there is a possibility that we could see, you know, a flurry of activity because it, there's a possibility that. Um, Things are already in the pipeline. There's been a little bit of speculation in press over certain players. But no, we don't have a fantastic record. But to be honest with you, I think people can overestimate the the power of the January transfer window. And even if you look at the top level of football, there aren't that many big statement signings and big successful signings for clubs that are made in January. There are, of course, some, but generally those signings are made in the summer where you build the squad. January really should be for one or two additional players here and there. Mm. Um, perhaps bigger clubs looking to swoop for for you know players at smaller clubs to get them into the club now rather than having to wait for the summer uh, loan deals that go on to the end of the season there's it, there's not always massive amounts of activity and big players that come in for me I think we definitely definitely need one or two more yeah but I I don't think they're going to be big spectacular players they're going to be players that are going to be in the squad they may start they'll have an opportunity there's no doubt that they may have good quality but we're not gonna, you know, we're not gonna sign, you know, big players or or players that are at ha- the same caliber yeah. as our existing big players. Yeah.
4: Uh, and whilst I put that really
3: poorly, but I hope no, that makes
4: no, sense. no, that's <laughs> no, it, it made total sense. And you know, Brendan, what, you know, to, to feed off of that, we all know as Pompey fans that the last couple of summers they've been build as you know rebuild transfer windows. Um, we've been trying to rebuild the squad for for quite a while now. That the general consensus seems to be on social media that perhaps another overhaul is needed. We know that we need, as, as Alex mentioned, Alex thinks maybe one or two. I personally think maybe two or three, a couple of centre-backs, a winger, um, and maybe an attacking midfielder as well. Maybe even a centre-mid to go alongside you know, Marlon Pack with Louis Thompson's injury record. Joe Morell now sus- was suspended. There needs to be faces in before the deadline tomorrow. Otherwise, quite frankly, we're not going to make up the playoff places. However, Alex is spot on, Brendan, in saying that January transfer window is difficult because... Your teams aren't going to be selling their best players. they're not going to be wanting to sell their best players, especially right before the deadline because they need to replace their players. It becomes a bit of a chain effect and it, it, you're not going to get those big deals over the line now. so do we need to maybe lower our expectations a little bit?
6: yeah when is this when is this state in play? yeah you do need to lower your expectations a bit you know you look back to last year when um when we tried to buy the Rotherham Rotherham player. You know, and he, I think the the manager at the time was was um was looking to to offload him, but you know then he said, "Well, you you, you give me 150k the day before the the window closes, so he ain't going." You remember that one? Uh, yeah. That was a bit concerning. But then you see today, Fleetwood Town have pulled in Jed and Stockley and Jack Marriott. Oh, yeah. You know, they, they look like they're over the line. It's like, I'd love Jack Marriott to come and play for Pompey. <laughs> I thought he'd be, he'd be a great coup in the sense that we need an attacking player who's, who's creative, mm. and Marriott would have fit in perfectly there. And unfortunately, Fleetwood is below us in the table, you know, and scrapping for their own survival they just pulled out two, ma- two, two magical signings there. I know we were interested in Stockley a while ago. I don't think we need Stockley because we've got Colby Bishop up top. Might be different, you know, but we got then we've got Piggott and we've got Scarlett. So there's plenty of options we've got up front at the moment. But, yeah, it, just, it, it, is, it is a shame that it has been left a bit late in the day. But, you know, it's, you, you never know. The, the, the end of the window, you might, you might be able to pull out, uh, you know, where the best deals are at the end of the window. But you, you you have to just wait and see I think uh, yeah. I'm not keeping my hopes up at the moment for anything special No, uh, Tim on the text, Tim in Old Portsmouth uh,
4: not, not too excited for the deadline saying I would expect too much from a transfer window, it'll either be loans or free transfers, shopping in the bargain basement as usual says Tim in Old Portsmouth, well just over 24 hours to go until the January transfer deadline comes to a close 11pm tomorrow evening, that's Tuesday the 31st of January and if there are any signings between now and then we Hope at least one would come through the door, won't we? You can catch uh, all of the latest news uh, over on our Twitter channel at at ExpressFM or ExpressFM.com forward slash news. We'll have all of the updates as they come in if Pompey do announce any incomings or of course outgoings um, in the remaining 24 hours of this January transfer window. Okay, we're going to move on in the next part of the show uh, away from that and come on more to review Saturday's defeat to Peterborough United. We've not really spoke in too much detail about that game and that of course is the big talking point of this evening's show and when we do come back we'll not only hear from Alex and Brendan but we'll also hear from the head coach himself, John Musino, who reveals his message to his team at half Don't be discouraged.
2: If it's 2-0 at 60 minutes, it's not the end of the world. Find yourselves after the game because one goal will change it. And it did, you know, it it really did. Unfortunately, it didn't come earlier. But, yeah, overall, just um, disappointed but really pleased with how the lads conducted themselves.
4: More to come when The Football Hour returns next.
0: This is The Football
4: Hour, 93.7
0: Express FM.
7: Whether you're out with your mates, catching the latest blockbuster or just enjoying late-night bus rides... From 7pm everyday you can take advantage of a night rider ticket taking you from A to B and everywhere in between simply purchase your night rider ticket on the bus or using the Stagecoach app to get unlimited travel anywhere on the whole of the Stagecoach South for just 2 pounds 50 the world is your oyster visit stagecoachbus.com for timetable and ticket information
0: This is the football hour 93.7 Express FM.
4: Welcome back to the football hour here on Express FM, brought to you by Stagecoach across the South. Download their app right now from either the Apple app or Google Play Store. You can prepay for your ticket and you can locate your nearest bus stop as well. You join myself here, Jake Smith, alongside Alex Fletcher and Brendan Tatiet to review Pompey's first defeat under new head coach John Musino. They lost 2 1 away at Peterborough United. At the weekend that came after a week of victories at home to Exeter City and Fleetwood Town both of those games ending by two goals to nil in the Blues favour but that all came to a crushing end when the posh inflicted that 2-1 defeat on Saturday afternoon. Alex and Brendan we'll come back to you first Alex look, on paper. You know, wins over Exeter and Fleetwoods, albeit, you know, we don't want to disrespect these sides. But let's be quite honest, we are Portsmouth. We've been trying to get out of this division for quite a while now. We need to be beating these teams. End of. We have done. We come up against Peterborough on Saturday. We know they've got a whole lot more quality than Exeter than Fleetwood on paper. Even Pompey as well. We knew this was going to be a tough game. And maybe pre-game, if you'd told me that we'd come away from that match with a 2-1 defeat... Unfortunate not to actually have the draw and have that sort of fighting spirit. You'd think, okay, that's something to build upon for Barnsley at home on Saturday. However, Alex, that opening sixty minutes of that game was poor, and I don't think you can really take much positive from that, can you?
3: Not particularly, no. And I think that's that's the key element for for senior now, as as we go on and we kick on, is that one of the things that we really had in that very very poor run of form um, which in the end cost danny cowley his job is that we didn't beat even teams that were down you know lower down the table and teams that we would expect to beat and we did that against both exeter and fleetwood so that's one of the things that we needed to improve on that has been improved on and that's really positive because if we go on throughout the season and we we consistently win those kind of games then we're not going to be too too bad in terms of our in terms of our final position the table the next stage is obviously to go on and start beating those teams like peterborough Barnsley is a big test and it's also a big test for the team for how they react. Uh, one of the things that did disappoint me about Cowley's reign is that as soon as we di- had a, suffered a, one single defeat, we then struggled for form. The mentality of a good team and a good manager should be that you'll be able to bounce back because you're not going to win every week. Hmm. We lose to Peterborough, we go there and lose 2-1, fair enough. We didn't perform brilliantly for 60 minutes, but 2-1 defeat, you now go at home to Barnsley, another team that's going to be looking in around that top six. You have to go and react. You have to see a reaction on the pitch and in the scoreline. And then you start to think, okay, well, we've got a team here. Yeah, we're going to get beaten by good teams, but we've got a team that can react and can compete. Um, We don't need to beat every single team to get into the playoffs. But we need to end most weeks. And yeah. that's, that's what it's going
4: to take. We've seen a clear change, Brendan, in the setup from this Pompey side, formation wise, with extra man in midfield. We know on Saturday it was a bit <coughs> difficult for John Messino with Joe Morell suspended <coughs> after picking up two yellow cards at Fleetwood. We've seen the change visibly on the pitch already under the new head coach. But do you think that maybe. One of his biggest challenges he's got between now and the end of the season is what Alex is alluding to there, picking these players back up from the ground. You know, not having their heads down for too long. You react to defeats. You 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 got to bring that confidence and still it back into the team. You got to lose to Peterborough. You back it up on Saturday in front of your own fans with a victory. Is, is that John Mousinho's biggest task, more mentally rather than necessarily tactically?
6: Yeah, I think so. It, it definitely is a, a, is a mind game in football, isn't it? Yeah, you, you might have all the quality in the world, but you know, if your head's not in the right place or you, you're not feeling up for it, then that, that's where you can lose games. But um, <clears throat> I can't see um, Domicino doing a bad job here. I think he's got plenty of nails about him to obviously being a former captain himself to pick his team up. You know, there's leaders all over that pitch for Pompey, and I'm sure the players can motivate themselves as well as Messino and uh and Zesh getting behind them trying to get pick their heads up. Um <clears throat> yeah the, the the formation on the pitch has definitely changed for us as well and it has so much helped. I thought Pac playing in a two, you know, he he was struggling. So now with the extra man in there, Pac can do his more his more sitting role and, and, and dictating the play. I think the thing we just need to do now is um is get the ball out win the ball in the middle of the park and then get it out to our wings where where dale can run at defenders and and when or when curtis is fit curtis can do his bit of bit of magic in his you know uses he's got a head of a fight in that lads and uh you know i saw at fleetwood that the, the old curtis was back before he unfortunately turned his ankle yeah but yeah I, I think the definitely has been a change in the in the club since messina took over and and it's been a breath of fresh air to see yeah. i just said the last half an hour on saturday we were so much better and we probably Mm -hmm. should have got a point out of that one.
4: Yeah, we'll come on to talk about that now. Uh, First of all, on the emails, Linda has got in touch saying, we all knew we were going to eventually lose, but on Saturday it was the way we lost. The first hour, the commitment we've seen over the last two games was not there. Not until we had our goal disallowed and it seemed to galvanise the team. If they had put the effort at the start and not just at the end, who knows what would have happened. I hope John Busino has now got a better idea of the scale of a task he has on his hands. Play up Pompey. Linda Mail on the emails there, um, getting in touch with tonight's show. 81400 is our text number here at Express. If you've got anything to add to that, start your messages with the word Express as well. Add your name at the end so we know who's talking to us. You can email sport at expressfm.com, use at expressfm on Twitter, or you can find us on Facebook, facebook facebook.com forward slash Pompey Live. Let's go through um, the events of Saturday. Then Alex will start off. Johnson Clark-Harris, we mentioned the goal um, a little bit earlier on. Um, a bit of a poach's finish. We spoke about the defending uh, with Sean Raggett and Riley Tyler not quite picking up the man there. The second goal, the penalty foul from Zach Swanson. Not really too many complaints in regards to that one really, was there?
3: Um, well, I must admit the first time I saw it, I thought it was, it was quite theatrical from the player that went down. I'm not quite sure who it was, but it's tricky it was in a situation where we were sort of penned in they pressed us really high and you just felt any loose boot any loose tackle one of their players mm. going to go down in the box it's not right but that's just the way football is at the moment and you know we were penned in in that early stage of the game and they were applying a lot of pressure to us and and we just didn't cope with it and you pay the price sometimes and that, that in this case it was a penalty
4: yeah the, the big talking point we know came in the latter stages of the game, Brenton. We've spoken about how the first hour or so for Pompey on Saturday just quite simply wasn't good enough. The, the final sort of 20, 30 minutes is the kind of Pompey team we want to see from minute one to 90. That fighting spirit, the enthusiasm, that that crit that Danny Cowley really wanted to instil, we saw that in the final half an hour at London Road on Saturday with disallowed goal. Um, as poked home by Rico Hackett just to talk you through the events a ball lofted over the top Dane Scarlett was running onto it. Um, it collided with the the Petersburg defender Cole Bishop picked it up managed to lay it off to Rico Hackett who slotted home just inside the box and the celebrations occurred in front of the Pompey fans everyone was happy celebrating the goal Pompey the players had enough time to get back into their own half prepare for a kick-off at 2-1 down. And then suddenly you see the referee, Bobby Madley, go over to his linesman on the far side from where we saw it at the press box, and they were in discussion. And after, it wasn't too long, 20, 30 seconds, a decision was made to disallow the goal. Bobby Madley raising his arm in the air, uh, indicating for offside, as did the linesman with his flag. Brendan, looking at replays, it's the, the tightest offside I've seen in a very long time. Now, in League One, we only get the pleasure of, most of the time, one angle, as we did on Saturday. There's no VAR. Um, So for for the Lionsmen to have seen that, I'm not saying it wasn't offside, but for the Lionsmen to have seen that, fair play to him, he's got great vision. But the question is, my frustration that led the Pompey fans after that goal, or the disallowed goal, was how long it took... Because the referee, the Lionsmen, they were getting prepared to kick off again. It wasn't until the goalkeeper, Will Norris, had stormed over to the official on that side to, to protest some sort of infringement. And that was when Bobby Madley and the, the Lionsmen made up their minds, Brendan. It, it, I'm, I'm not disputing but Dane Scarlett was just offside and maybe did impede the defender, even though I thought that was just a, a clash in itself. It's just there's been a lot of controversy, Brendan, and I can't get get over why it took them so long. Because they were sorry, were more than happy to allow that goal originally.
6: No, it was really bizarre, and you know, I was watching it from home, um, unable to make, unable to attend the game, and it just didn't click to me that that Scarlet was offside. If he was, he was, but then why is it taking the line? What was it two and a half minutes to put his flag up to then say Scarlet's offside and he's interfered?
4: He was running to a center we... circle to to <clears throat> to go on.
6: <laughs> yeah, and what exactly? Look, I, I go back. You know, we, we use the analogy of the, of the Premier League and comparing the Premier League's VAR down to our division. If you go back to the the Manchester the derby between Man United and Man City, when um, for uh, Bruno Fernandes's goal he scored, when Rashford was in the offside position. He Rashford didn't touch the ball, but he chased the ball mm. for for twenty yards with the ball at his feet. And then he decides so he drew the keeper out. The, the defender couldn't get to the ball because Rashford's in the way of it. And then he steps off and then no, he pulls his leg back to kick the ball. And then Fernandez then kicks the ball and scores. But Rashford's deemed that he hasn't interfered yet. He's you know but I don't see here how Scarlet has interfered. That's what the point I'm trying to make. If, if he's brought the bloke down, I said, well, they're, they're both grabbing each other, so you sort yeah. of play on from that. And it's given the advantage, but then it's it, it, it's so <laughs> bizarre. I literally I don't get it at all. I, I, I you know.
4: Yeah, I understand why. I understand why now, having reviewed it so many times. It was for here, it was for here and now at the time, with frustration for by Pompey fans. Having seen it two days on, you can see that Scarlett is just off, and I mean just offside by a, a toenail. And if he does collide with with a defender who probably would have got that ball and cleared the ball anyway, that's fair enough. But I think. The most frustrating, in my opinion, was how long it took them. It was the influence from the Peterborough players but it's also the fact we, we don't hear from the officials after the game and this is something that fans, Alex, have been have been asking for for quite a while because if Bobby Madley or the linesman or anyone to do with the officiating team on Saturday or any sort of given game can come out after the game, just give a, a minute or two conversation to, to a journalist, to the press and just say, look, this is why we gave this. This is us summing up the the controversy which happened if they can just sort of come out and, and say and, and inform us it's, we don't mind that we can we can we can live with that we need that communication to be able to really relinquish that fan frustration do you agree or, or is that maybe taken it too far
3: no 100% but i think the the reality is is it's just not going to happen the the level no. of officiating uh in this country if you compare it to a lot of other countries is is very very poor and i think it's because we seems to get so caught up with some of these weird kind of weird laws that exist, particularly around things like offside. We get all caught up in this, all caught up in this idea of the rule book and what's going to come out here. And there's just a lack of common sense. But like the game against Peterborough, the common sense would have been if a linesman doesn't flag mm. initially for an offside decision when the ball's being played in play, how on earth can the referee then safely discern 30 seconds or a minute later that that player was then offside? Yeah. So there's no common sense there at all. It's, it's, it's a guessing game. As you said, there's pressure from people players. And people say, oh, these officials are supposed to be Premier League. These officials have leaned on VAR now mm. for, for a number of years. And even with VAR now, you look at the Premier League, there's still just as much... I'm trying to say this without being too rude, but there's just <laughs> as much rubbish going about. And there's so much, not well, so little common sense within the refereeing, uh, even at that level. So I don't understand why you, we can expect it mm. at this level. I mean, we, we, we knew it when we had... Um, Nathan Thompson, he he would uh, just throw himself on the floor at every opportunity and we found it funny, but week in week out, referees would buy it yeah. and no, everybody else <laughs> in the entire stadium knows it's not a foul except the person who is actually making the decision, it's ludicrous it's all, there's so many other things in their mind other than just simply refereeing the game, there's hmm. no common sense and yeah, I, I do think an interview after the game would, would, would be decent, but I just expect the same thing, you hear it when referees are on TV, it's the mm. same rhetoric. So I just, yeah. I do struggle with it, and I, and I do find it frustrating. Because when when your team plays poorly, your team plays poorly. Oh yeah. When the referees make mistakes, and it costs you, costs you points, or costs you goals, you just think, well, what's the point? Mm. What's uh, the point?
4: And uh, by, by no <laughs> means, all, over. no, no. It, mate, carry on. <laughs> and by no means are we saying that <laughs> that that decision was was totally why Pompey lost on Saturday. We know the Blues weren't good enough for the opening hour. We've discussed that for the last thirty six minutes or so. But the, the point is, they did go on to find that con- consolation goal with three minutes to go, and and you do just think, if that goal had been allowed, what could have been? It could have been a point, and that would have been a massive point, and could very well have proven to be a big, big point at the end of the season. But that, um, yeah, that that confusion, the the inconsistency from the referees, as we mentioned, is uh, is cost us some a day. Um, and I think what's also confusing is Alex. If the idea is that Dane Scarlett has fouled the defender and he's in an offside position, hence the the infringement, why did Bobby Madley not give the free kick straight away? Why did he point towards the centre circle to indicate the Blues had scored a goal? Why was it not until the Peterborough players runs the linesman? Ah, we could be here forever. The point is... The goal
3: was given, this is the thing. Exactly, the goal... 30 seconds later, people are still speculating... Was it the foul? Was it the offside? We shouldn't be doing that. <laughs> no. How can fans and, and people... I heard on the radio it's one thing, on TV it's the other thing. H- that's just not good enough, is it? That we don't yeah. know what decision's been made because it's been made so late. It's been There's pressure from other players and it's just complete guesswork. It's just not good enough. Because no. you can't plan tactically week in, week out for... How are you going to play, and then just be let down by a referee? It's not
4: enough. <laughs> no, it's not. Uh, let's hear what John Musino had to say after the game. He caught up with Max Watton and was first asked for his reaction to Pompey's 2-1 defeat at London Road.
2: Obviously, a huge amount of disappointment because of the last, I think, twenty minutes and the emotion of the game that that comes into it. And, and we actually thought, you know, we're, we're well in this, especially when we thought we'd, we'd scored the first goal with a lot of time left on the clock. So, disappointment, definite disappointment. I think once we take a step back and uh, and look at the whole game objectively, though, we've we've probably got a, a lot of work to do. And, um, and they're a good side, you know, Peterborough, are a good side. Yeah,
8: and I think, on reflection, overall, they they deserve the win. That late disallowed goal. Have you spoken to the referee? Do you know what it was for? He looked to have flagged for offside well he didn't flag that was
2: the problem uh, and I, I'm not entirely sure why if he thought it was offside he should have just flagged it was, it was very obvious that if he if he did think that he could have done it um, so we obviously all, all thought it was a goal uh, I think the Peterborough bench did and the Peterborough players did no one had a huge issue with it and I think yes it was, it was given for an offside on, on Dane Scarlett uh, which again
8: is just you know, I'll have to have a proper look at it and, and, and see what I actually think did manage to claw back a goal that late rally maybe something to take into into the next game yeah i think a huge amount there's you know i've just said to the the boys in there we probably
2: need to um, well we definitely need to not wait until we're two 0 down to to show that sort of fighting spirit and um you know i think there were a couple of things that we didn't quite get right in the first half tactically which which i'll take on board um particularly with the way that we press Bre- so uh, yeah, there's plenty of positives to come from the game and thankfully we've got a free week now to to work on quite a bit and go into the Barnsley game full of energy
8: as you said as much better second half of plays particularly at the back end what did you say at half time
2: well we just tried to make a couple of uh, a couple of <laughs> tactical tweaks I know I said that against Exeter but we we tried to make a couple of tactical tweaks to make it a lot more difficult for them to, to play out and um, we then changed shape we just went to a um, two holding and, and a one in front um, towards the back end of the second half which I think really helped as well we got a bit more pressure on the ball and a bit more composure on the other side of it uh, so I sort of said you know the, the message was uh, don't be don't be discouraged if it's 2-0 at 60 minutes it's not the end of the world don't find yourselves out of the game because one goal will change it and and it did you know it, it really did unfortunately it didn't come earlier, but. Uh, yeah overall just um, you
8: know, disappointed but really pleased with with how the lads conducted themselves. Yeah Rico Hackett coming into that ten position off the bench. What do you think of his performance? I thought he was excellent, I think he's
2: obviously been disappointed to not play the first two games and not feature in the first two games and he trained really well on Thursday and came in today and made an impact and that's what we need from the players behind us, we need them to come in and make an impact and uh, I think all of the subs that came on today did that including Harry who made his his league debut which which is absolutely fantastic and, and he deserved it again from the way that he trained on Friday and Thursday. Uh, so yeah, uh, Rico, really pleased for him and we need to see more of that every time he comes on
8: or starts games. Just on Harry Duet-White, obviously a massive moment for him. How big is it for him to feature in a game of this magnitude at, at the moment he came on? Well, I think it's, it's obviously
2: big. I remember when I made my debut at that sort of age and, and it's massive. Uh, I think the biggest testament to, to Harry is that he deserved to, to come on. and. He did really well, you know, uh, he came on at 2-0 and got the goal back and he showed a lot of composure against a very good Peter Poseid. Uh and you know, he didn't look out of place on the pitch and that's a that's real positive for, for him,
8: for us and for the football club. Just finally, you alluded to it earlier, you've got a whole week now to prepare for Barnsley. How, how crucial could that prove to be?
2: Yeah, it'll, it'll be great. We've, we've hardly had any time on the grass uh, with the lads so far. So it's going to be good to um, have a bit of normality back and and not have to travel so much. uh, And just, yeah, just settle down, work on a few things, and then we can go from there.
4: John Messino speaking there after the Blues 2-1 defeat to Peterborough United on Saturday. And from one head coach to another, we'll hear from Pompey women's boss Jay Sadler after the break. His side were on the right side of a 2-1 scoreline this weekend. He's been talking about his side's energy and enthusiasm to kick on from going a goal behind.
5: It ignited this group. This group came out fighting. Um, not only the group of 11, but the, the subs that came on. They've all had an impact on the game and we've had to find a way towards the end We've had to revert shape and ultimately come away from Bridgewater with three points. That was the main objective ultimately today. It didn't matter how we did it, but making sure we did it. And that's what we've done.
4: Stay right where you are. The third and final part of tonight's edition of Football Hour is coming up right after the break.
0: This is the Football Hour 93.7 Express FM.
7: The new stagecoach Flexi 5 a bus ticket that works when you do. For those who travel often, but not every day. These new flexible bus tickets are available as Flexi 5, bundles of 5-day riders for the price of 4, and Flexi 10, bundles of 10-day riders for the price of 7. Flexi tickets are now available to download via the Stagecoach Bus app. Download Flexi 5 or Flexi 10 from Apple App Store or Google Play today. For more information, visit stagecoachbus.com.
0: This is the Football Hour 93.7 Express FM.
4: Good evening, welcome back for the final time tonight to the Football Hour here on Express FM supported as always by Stagecoach across the South let's get to some more text tweets and emails before we do leave you at 7 o'clock, just over 15 minutes away Dave on the emails, thank you for getting in touch, says, good evening Jake I obviously spoke too soon we really do not have a team just yet do we? So disappointing we were fooled into believing we have the depth in this squad, but in all honesty we are as weak in that respect as we have been For a number of seasons, without fielding a fully fit team with our best eleven, we are woefully short of being a promotion-winning side, either automatic or via the playoffs. And you really need to be very, very strong in League One to ensure that the leap to the Championship is just a big one and not so big, but it cannot be overcome and sustained with the right transfer dealings in the intervening summer, which will be surprisingly costly. Right now, I would say we are another season, or more likely two to three, away from having that required strength. The unacceptable rate of progress on the pitch will need to improve significantly compared to what we've witnessed over the past six seasons. The thoughts there of Dave on the emails. Thank you very much, Dave, for getting in touch. Um, Brendan, back to yourself. <laughs> the investment on the pitch is obviously something that has been questioned more so as the months and months take on. Um, Pompey and League One, if things go as they are, which... Is quite frankly looking quite likely. It will be a seventh season in this division come next season. Do you think maybe there needs to be just that one season where we go, do you know what, John Messino, have as much money as you want, go out and spend whatever you need to get this team out of this division? Do you think maybe that approach we've had over the past five, six, seven seasons needs to change?
6: Um, yeah, quite possibly, actually. Yeah, I, I'm not one of these people who, um, you know, going to be sh- shouting about the Eisners and you know telling them what they should do, you know, because obviously they're the businessmen, they're the ones with the money, and um, you know, they're the ones who have got the plan to get this club out of this division. When that happens, you know, potentially they've been put two two years behind their original plan they set out at the Guildhall through to the, two, the two years of COVID, where there was no income to the club, where. You know maybe it's just tv money coming in rather than uh the fans on the gate and the, the money sold at the concessions but yeah I, I think we need to spend a bit more money i'm not saying turn into uh ipswich and checkbook f checkbook fc but um you know i, I think we, we do need to invest a bit more but uh, you know they are their hands are tied on um on financial fair play um yes they can give donations to the club and not as a loan which i understand but I just can't see us just chucking money at the pitch. I don't think that's the way I want it to be done. It's happened before and we find ourselves being crippled. And that's the last thing I want is, you know, going back through the high court and the PST having to save the day again. But, you know, uh, yeah, we we need to invest. We need to strengthen this squad and have more strength in depth. We we come out the end of the last transfer window in the summer and everyone was praising the strength in depth and how, and how, blessed we were you know so is we're very hot and cold in this in this fan base unfortunately you know where it's either it's all negative or it's all bad. You know, there's there's never that, you know, sense of reality is to sort of, you know, be a realist. you know? Do you see what I mean, Jake? Yeah.
4: You, you mentioned financial fair play, to be honest, Brendan. I don't think, given the Ipswich situation, given Sunderland as well, I don't think the EFL are really keeping too much on top of that, if I'm being quite honest. Yeah. Um, but they, they, they're getting away with it. Um, but look, you look at Fleetwoods, how are they... Pays, you know, over a quarter of a million for Jack Marriott, they're getting Jaden Stockley in as well. They don't bring in, you know, they're, they're a decent club, they're, they're well run, yes, but they don't get half the attendance or even a quarter of the attendance Pompey are getting week in, week out. So how are they able to afford these players, but but maybe Pompey aren't, if, if we are following the, the sort of financial fair play sustainable model, surely surely there's a there's a kitty somewhere for Pompey to be able to dip their hands into and go right, we want player a B, and C if Fleetwood can afford them surely Pompey can even m k Dons no. previous seasons
6: yeah definitely and and i and I completely understand that you know i I was up at Fleetwood last week, you know what well, there was there was less than five thousand attendants there if not five thousand attendants there you know and we we're pulling in eighteen thousand hoping hoping to push it up to twenty thousand once the renovations in in the Milton end are done. But, um, yeah, he, he, I, I, I'm I fully I'm fully behind the Eisners. I'm fully behind uh, Andrew Cullen because he's a very open man. And, you know, he's he done a good job with MK Dons. And, you know, look what his building work done there and what Norwich have done when he was over at Norwich as well. So uh, I can't see it being... You know us being in a bad place we're not in a bad place we're, we're a very well run club and yes i think a few more quid could be spent and i know you know with the building work going on there is money there is a kitty there to be spent yeah. you know to bring in a few key few marquee players you know and a brand new flashy center back at the end of the season and uh you know a new centre midfielder and a, a pacey winger yes there is there will be money there to bring them in but it's down to the Eisners and uh, Andrew Cullen and Tony Brown to to spend his money correctly and not just throw it at anyone, you know? Yeah.
4: Considering how close we are to the deadline, Alex, um, if I was to ask you hypothetically, if Pompey were able to only bring one more signing through the door, obviously we're all hoping for more than one, but if it was just one, where in your opinion do you think that signing needs to be made on the pitch? Centre-half. Sent off
3: without well, yeah, without a shadow of doubt i think that's you know it's, it's not to say that you know players like Raggett and Taylor haven't have performed well in their you know long and short spell respectively with pompey and it's not to say that if clark robertson returns he again he's not exactly been shocking the whole season but we've lost michael morrison he's headed off to cambridge so we need a replacement it's as simple as that i think you know defensively speaking we do need to shore ourselves up um we're gonna looks like we're gonna go back to that back four system which does put a little more pressure on the defense um, and I do think, yeah, I do think it is at centre-half. I think we have seen mistakes from from players at the back, and it is disappointing. You can't, you know, players aren't perfect, and, and I think that's that's the reality mm-hmm. of things, but, but we do need to strengthen in that area, and I think it's as simple as that. I think people will say for a winger as well, we've got more flexibility in the front line. We don't have that necessarily at the back, although you could say Ogilvy can come in at centre-half, I suppose, but... You know, on, on the idea of, of, of money and everything as well, it's, it's not just about spending money. It's about spending it in the right way. Mm. You know, you've got teams that are so far ahead of us this season, have been in previous seasons, that have got half a third of a budget. You know, you've got teams that, that perform well in different ways because their recruitment is up to standard. You know, there have been two occasions where the Islands have spent additional funds on players. And do you think Joe Morrell's really performed the, at the price tag of nearly a million pounds? It's not been bad. But I hardly say he's performed at a, yeah. you know the level of a million pounds. So it's it's not just about money, it's about the system in itself. What you'd hope for now is Messina coming in, if he's got a decent level of recruitment alongside the director of football and things like that, then that will be the turnaround. It's not just a case of money.
4: Yeah.
3: It's it's and it's the easiest criticism ever as well. I will just say that as well. And it's easy when Pompey are playing well to 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 go on about how, did in the summer about how brilliant the recruitment is and how great the team is. It's so easy to then come out and slate the owners and uh, and, and the people that created that team, in terms of the finance, as opposed to Slate team managers for putting those teams together, it's a very easy criticism. Mm-hmm. Let's be honest. As soon as we start playing poorly,
4: yeah.
3: um, and it's just football fans are just fickle, and that's just the nature of of, of, of football. But. You know, I, I think sometimes people just need a little bit of
4: perspective. I, I know what's going to happen 7pm, by the way, disclaimer, I know nothing, so don't take anything from this <laughs> but I know what's going to happen, 7pm announcement news signing, right as we come off air it's going mm-hmm. to happen, there's going to be a bombardment four or five players for the door. it's going to be big news Um yeah, no, I, I know nothing and that's probably not going to happen, but it would probably be Ben Thompson, won't it? <laughs> oh, don't, that's the first time he's been mentioned all <laughs> window, don't, you've you, you ruined right. it, I couldn't resist. a day early, couldn't resist. the last show, um, a big note as well, big congratulations to Harry White, of course, coming off the bench for Pompey on Saturday to make his debut in the Football League. So, a big congratulations to Harry White. Many Pompey fans claiming he should be uh, more involved around the first team to, between now and the end of the season. So, yeah, Harry White making his first uh, league game for Pompey at the weekend, coming off the bench. Okay, big thank you, Alex Fletcher, for joining me on Football Out. It's Been a pleasure as always. Thank you very much. Have a good week.
3: Cheers, Jake. Thanks for having me on again. See you
4: soon. Likewise to Brendan. It's been a pleasure. Thank you very much, and uh, hopefully we'll see some more names through the door over the next 24 hours.
6: Yes, definitely, Jake. Thanks for having me on again, mate. And um, here's fingers crossed for a couple of signings in the next 24-plus hours. Would be
4: lovely. Would be absolutely lovely. Thank you very much once again to both Alex and Brendan for their participation on the show this evening. Right, moving on now before we do leave you around about seven minutes' time, we're going to hear from Pompey women's boss Jay Sadler. His side were on the winning end of a 2-1 scoreline at the weekend. They had to come from behind to do it, and that victory was actually Jay Sadler's 100th win as Pompey head coach. He spoke to Max Swatton after a full-time whistle at Bridgewater.
8: Well, Jay, we went behind, we turned it around, we found a way in difficult conditions
5: today. How are you feeling right now? Obviously really happy. Ultimately, we've, as you said, found a way to win the game. It wasn't pretty. Um, it wasn't our best performance, um, but it was a performance of, of character, a um, fight, and it ultimately earned us three points when, when we got here. The conditions aren't great there's there's more sand on the pitch than there is grass so it was very difficult for us to try and outplay the opponent i think first half they were better on better than us i think they they won a lot more first balls, second balls um, and we've got hand to thank for a, a great uh, stop in that first half second half it was just about coming out and having a little bit more belief i think we played with a little bit of fear and um, we didn't want to get the ball down and play and structurally we we were a little bit off it so we made a few tweaks I think the goal to concede was, was a sucker punch. It was a real hard one to take, but it ignited this group. Um, this group came out fighting, um, not only the group of 11, but the, the subs that came on. They've all had an impact on the game, and, and they harney straight from the kickoff off with a, with a great goal. And then, obviously, the second one's fantastic, and we've had to find a way towards the end. We've had to revert shape and ultimately come away from Bridgewater with three points. That was the, the main objective, ultimately, today. It didn't matter how we did it, but making sure we did it, and, and that's what we've done.
8: As you said, Anaya Harney. let's talk about her. Two goals for her today. A
5: player playing with real confidence at the moment. What do you think of her performance? Can't fault her, to be fair. She's obviously been in the dark for four or five months um, in Emma Jones' shadow. Um, But her commitment, her fight for the cause has, has been tremendous. And now she's... Um, had an opportunity and, and by God has she taken it um, not only today but in previous games with her performances I think she's put a little bit more expectation now as the nine that she, she needs to provide the goals and she's done that today the first one at a fantastic ball by Jazz and she slipped it with her left foot and then something we don't see with Ney Harney outside the box and, and she's had a strike and what a strike that is it's one of the cleanest strikes you'll see into the top corner so she deserves a lot of the plaudits today um, but as a group as you keep saying we, we've ultimately found a way and um, we've had to show a different side to our game we've had to be a little bit adaptable um, but ultimately another three points in it it puts us nicely in the league. Well, so it's a
8: brilliant effort by everyone today and you won't
5: like me mentioning this but that's your 100th win as Pompey manager how are you feeling about that? Yeah, now it's come to light. Um, my wife dropped me a little message to say congratulations. Um, on a personal note, obviously that that's great. Um, But it wouldn't have happened without all of you guys, the staff, the players. Um, And it's a great place to come and celebrate a win. Um, I will enjoy this win. And I said this to the girls at the end. We have to enjoy this win now. Um, Yes, we can look forward to the next game, but we'll look at that on Tuesday. For now, we've got to look forward and we've got to enjoy it. These are the moments we've earned the right for me on a personal notice. It's brilliant. And hopefully another 100 to come.
4: They go. The post match thoughts of a very happy Jay Sadler after the Pompey Women's 2 1 victory over Bridgewater on Sunday. They're next in action this coming Sunday, the 5th of February. They're away to Gillingham in the FA Women's National League Southern Premier Division. That win yesterday means they are now second in the table, just two points behind the leaders, Oxford United, who, okay, they've played one game less but 10 matches remain for the Blues to catch the leaders in their bid for promotion to the Championship. Next in action on Sunday, away at Gillingham. The men are back in action this coming Saturday. They take on Barnsley at Fratton Park. Myself, Sam Mason, Hugh Bunce on the Football hour this Friday to preview that one and coverage of the game from PO4 Saturday afternoon from 2 o'clock.
7: All the unmissable action.
1: This is... Life. John Massino's 100% winning record as Pompey boss came to an end on Saturday. Clark Harris strikes it, scores, firmly struck into the bottom corner, basically goes the right way, but he had no chance, it's a good penalty. The Blues return to Fratton Park next to take on Barnsley. Join us for all of the unmissable action Saturday afternoon from 2. Pompey
0: live on Express FM
1: with Aqua Cars.
4: That's right, Saturday afternoon, 2 o'clock. Fratton Park is the place to be here on Express FM as Pompey take on Barnsley uh, in their next League One outing, looking to return to winning ways after the disappointment of Saturday's 2-1 defeat away at Peterborough United. You can join myself, Sam and Hugh this Friday here on the Football Hour from 6 o'clock as we preview the Blues' next league game. Henry Deacon is next up with your next Football Fix this Wednesday evening from 6 o'clock with over the White Line, he'll be talking about everything non-league football, and it will also be talking a bit more about yesterday's uh, victory for the Pompey women at Bridgewater United. So Henry Deacon back with Over the White Line this Wednesday from six o'clock. No midweek game for Pompey, of course, the next one on Saturday afternoon. Coming up right after the news at seven o'clock this evening here on Express FM. Jeff and Aid return with the Soft Rock Show. They'll be chatting to Ralph McTell and will also have the latest music from Wet Leg, uh, Theme. Stream and simpson as well as jethro tull as well the alternative 80 show will be here between 9 and 11 and then nothing but great music between 11 and the early hours of tomorrow morning ian james is back with express breakfast tomorrow from 6 30 with the latest on the roads news travel sport updates he's got the lot between 6 30 and 10 o'clock so thank you very much pompey fans for tuning in it's been a pleasure as always have a great week stay safe and play upon me good night